0: But tell me of yourself. You look a little tired. Tired? Oh, nonsense. Never felt better in my life. Not worried about something, are you? Some strain you're under, perhaps?
1: In this sleepy old cottage town? Oh, but look here, come into my office. We're wasting all this time and talk. I've been saving a special welcome for you, my boy. Sit down and rest your weary bones while I make it ready.
0: Oh, oh Jack. Jack, I'm truly home again. I can see that now. No wonder you love it here at Cloistroom.
1: Is that what you think, Edwin?
0: Well, who could think otherwise, looking at you? You're respected, your your talent for teaching music, admired and looked up to. You'd be duty-bound to love it.
1: You're wrong, Edwin. I hate it. What? I hate
0: it. Jack, I'd never dreamed.
1: Well, no, no, let there be an end to such talk, Edwin. We've delayed our toast much too long as it is. To your future, Edwin. I know, Jack. Hold on. I'll not make that the first
0: toast upon my return. Oh? Why not? There's a much better one to drink to on this day of all days. To my future wife,
1: Rosa. Of course, Edwin. To Rosa. As we stood there, Edwin and I, drinking to her, to Rosa, I began to realize why those words about the wicked man had come to me just before his return. It had been a warning. A warning that might have already come too late.
2: Good evening, won't you... Oh, it's Mr. Jasper.
1: Good evening, Rosa. Have I startled you?
2: Why, why no, Mr. Jasper. It was only that I. Oh,
1: you were expecting someone else?
2: Well, uh, Edwin said that he might get here early.
1: I'm sorry I disappointed you then.
2: Oh, no, it isn't that, really. Oh, I'm being quite rude, aren't I? Please come in.
1: Thank you, my dear. You look most charming, Rosa. I'd swear that gown was purchased in London expressly for your party tonight.
2: Oh, you surprise me, Mr. Jasper. I didn't know you were so observant concerning women.
1: Concerning women, Rosa, or you?
2: Why, me? I'm only one of your music students. No,
1: no. You're a good deal more than that to me, Rosa.
2: I'll open the parlor. We can wait there for the other guests. You said I was a good deal more to you than just a music student. What did you mean?
1: Edwin's my nephew. You're his betrothed. Surely the love I bear for him extends to you also.
2: Oh, I hadn't thought of your feelings toward me in just that way.
1: Had you thought of them then?
2: Allow me to be frank, Mr. Jasper. I'm going to marry Edwin despite the fact that I do not love him.
1: You do not?
2: Oh, as a brother, perhaps as a very dear friend, but not as one should love a husband.
1: Then why marry him, Rosa? Rosa?
2: Because I couldn't bear to see him hurt, because I promised both my parents and his that we would marry,
1: there's nothing that can change your mind,
2: no, Mr. Jasper,
1: not even if you loved another.
2: I do love another. the other guests, Rosa, oh, excuse me, please, I, I must let them in.
1: I remember little concern in the party that followed, being too occupied with my own thoughts. But two insolents do stand out as foreshadowing events to come. The first, a conversation between Dean Chris Barkle and his protégé, Neville Landless, a strange and intense young man, but newly arrived from Ceylon. Yes, of course, my dear. She is a beautiful girl, Dean. <laughs> One of the most beautiful it has ever been my fortune to meet. It uh, might be best for you to curb your admiration, Neville. Rose is already spoken for. In Ceylon, that is not always a reason. I need hardly remind you, my boy, that this is cloisterham in England. I warrant her fiancé would not take too kindly to your attitude. Fiancé? Young Edwin Drood. Ah, yes. I now understand his air of proprietorship. Obviously, is not one who appreciates his good fortune.
0: May I ask, oh. Mr. Landis, the exact meaning of your remark concerning me and Rosa? Edwin!